0: Please prepare me to be a saint pure and holy tried and true. I'm Grace Bella Harmon, Board Certified Dance Movement Therapist and Embodied Grief Guide. Body Grieves, Spirit Calls is an open exploration of the connection between grief, embodiment, and spirituality. I believe the grieving is an inherently sacred process that deserves and requires its own attention and energy to fully integrate. Through personal stories, reflections, and interviews, I seek to highlight the ways in which grief can bring us home to our bodies and to a deeper connection with the spirit that holds us all. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. And I am really, really honored to share this conversation with Tina Irwin, Tina is a psychic who helps the dead cross over and I learned a lot and was fascinated by this conversation because I really had never thought about what happens to people like right after they die. I've thought a lot about sort of where our spirits go and All of that, but like what actually happens right after they die? How do they cross over into the spirit realm? And Tina helps with that. She tells some really fascinating stories about working with the dead in this way and about how her services and her guidance and her prayer that she offers, that she shares at the end, has really helped so many people um so i really hope you get a lot out of this conversation i think especially if you are grieving a child or grieving someone or someone who were murdered um tina shares that these people specifically tend to need more help transitioning if this is you in particular i hope this episode gives you some comfort And I really hope you enjoy it and get a lot out of it. As always, if you would like to share what came up for you, you're welcome to message me on Instagram. I'm at moveyourgrief. And also, if you enjoyed this episode, any positive reviews, lots of stars sharing that, that really helps to... Support the podcast and get it into the hands and eyes and ears of the people who want and need it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And let's tune into my conversation with Tina Irwin. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Tina. So happy to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I was really looking forward to this.
0: Yeah, you've got so much wisdom and goodness to share with us. And I know this conversation is going to be really powerful for the listeners. I'd love to just get started by asking how is your grief living in your body today?
1: Grief is a process. And if you look at it as a normal part of living, No one can live a life without grieving someone, something, a pet, an experience. Being part of something that was traumatic or catastrophic is all an element of grief. And my brother died in 2017. The energy of a warm embrace when I think of him. I mean, we have other, I've had many people die, but my brother's death, and when my niece was six years old, she sat next to my sister and said, oh, gee, mommy, I feel hot, and then she died right in front of my sister. She had something else to do, and we have come to understand that. It was extremely traumatic, and at the same time, it opened a doorway of insight and understanding to the trauma for a family that that has a child die, in any manner. So I, it's kind of a long answer to your question, but there you go. Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, that is such an intense experience to see your child die right in front of you.
1: Well, not only that, she did you know CPR, mouth to mouth after nine one one was called, and she saw her daughter's life pass before her eyes. People talk about it. But she saw this happen with her daughter
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and spent a lot of years working through grief for both of us. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And when the grieving mother or father recognizes how intense the grief is for other family members, it takes them out of themselves a little bit. Mm -hmm. We weren't afraid to laugh about the things she did or cry about what we experienced it's extremely open. So it was very, very intense. Yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: And you described the grief of your brother as like a warm hug, like that, like that connection with him.
1: He's and- always there. And some, yeah. and on an intellectual level, he's always there, but an emotional level, Oh my gosh, the California poppies, he was a photographer and he lived in, he photographed them. This year, you can see them from space. He would have been over the moon. So all of those things that we remember about the person, when we bring them to our consciousness and smile about it, he would have loved this. Oh, what a great meal. He would have loved us all together. And then you're happy you had the connection it's not a sad thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So
0: can you share a little bit about how you got to that place of of feeling like it's a warm hug? Like what has your relationship with grief been? Grief or death?
1: I have a a pretty powerful relationship with death because I, I help people with their grief and I spend a lot of time with dead people and I help those people cross over. So I have an, a deeper and more profound understanding of grief than most people would ever want to have or would ever imagine. Yeah. And when my niece died and I flew from California to Virginia Beach where she was, and I I prepared myself because I was gonna walk into the house of a family who had just had a child die. And it's not like any other visits you've had before. And the energy and the power of that grief just emotionally knocks you flat because you're grieving the loss of the child. You're grieving the pain that your sister and beloved brother-in-law and your other niece are feeling. You're grieving the trauma they have and what is ahead of them. And then you begin to experience the echo of grief which is they're never gonna watch her grow up. She was six years old. They're never gonna go to her wedding or her college graduation. They're never gonna see her children and their grandchildren. All of the echo, if this happened, now this means this. Those echo events are so powerful. What I also realized was that this was an astounding teacher. No one knew what to say to us. People would just shy away. No one knew how to respond to us. We'd go into a restaurant that they went in all the time and they'd go, oh, well, where's Ariana? And they said, well, she passed away three days ago. And we can't lie. It was not like we left her home alone. And one by one, each person told us their grief story. Oh, well, I lost my child too. And then you have, this moment of shared grief that you didn't anticipate then you have neighbors who have never experienced such a grief and they just want to scurry away and my sister had a remarkable experience she was struggling with sleep and when we're experience the greatest pain you've ever known grief is a stra- uh, sleep is a stranger yeah and she said, you know, an angel sat on my bed. And I'm thinking, whoa, that's an astonishing experience. And she said, the angel told me I have to talk to my neighbors. And I don't want to do that. I don't. I, I and she started to stutter. I don't think I can do that. And I said, yes, you can. I'll help you. And she invited all of her neighbors, the people across the street who were there immediately, the people on either side. Everyone came over, they didn't want to, but they came over and they were very awkward. And again, they're stumbling, they don't know what to say. And what I explained to my sister is, they don't know how to relate to you because the essence of your relationship has changed forever. It's not right or wrong or good or bad. It's just that moment's reality. You have to tell them the new nature of your relationship because they don't know what that is. You have to tell them when you see each other in the yard, don't run into the house. Come over and talk over the fence. Ask, yes, we're gonna ask about your children because you still have those children and we're happy for you. Tell us, it's not gonna make our pain worse. Just Mm -hmm. tell us, it's all right you see us in the grocery store come over and give us a hug we could surely use that Mm -hmm. if we're all out walking and you something has happened that you want to share we'd love to hear it because you help us feel more normal yeah one of her neighbors was greek and she said this is astounding this is just astounding and i'm thinking oh my gosh did we step on a cultural issue she said Why don't all cultures look at it this way? Why don't people tell you that that this is how you can relate? I've never had anyone who was grieving tell me what they needed and how I could really help. They all got up and hugged my my sister's family. Mm -hmm. And the hugs were long and meaningful because now they were empowered to be better people, better friends, better neighbors. When you're grieving, you don't think you can think about anybody else. But grief doesn't leave you alone with that. Tell your neighbors, tell your family, your co-workers, your boss. This is what I need because people say, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And then they go. Sit them down and say, this is what I need. I'm coming back to work. I'm not the same. I can only work half days for two weeks. And when I do come back to work, I might have a grief wave. That wave of grief that hits you with a smell or a song or a visual. And just go with the wave. Mm -hmm. Tell people that it's going to pass and not to be afraid, embarrassed, or or put off by tears tears are constructive they mm-hmm. represent the release of emotion mm-hmm. and this is true if you lost a friend of mine had a her, she didn't have children and she wasn't married but her horse died she watched her horse die right in front of her she had the horse for 20 years her grief was astounding that was her relationship mm-hmm. and the unconditional love of an animal is without explanation. You just go with it and you help that person who's grieving. So let me stop for a minute. How are we doing? Mm-hmm. <sighs>
0: I was just really, I'm, I'm resonating so deeply and I'm really want to like hone in on the, the specificity of what you're sharing because you're right that there does tend to be in this culture, this barrier between the the grieving people and the people around them because of there's no communication that's direct. When my mom died and, you know, several months later, some people moved into the house next door to where her and her wife lived, you know, and one day they were admiring the garden, they were admiring the flowers and they hadn't met my mom. Sharon just said, I just want you to know that these these flowers were planted by, you know, so-and-so and she was this way. And it sort of was like, it was kind of like that. It was like, just so you know, this is what happened in this house. Like just to have that direct communication and that education for people. And they were like, oh, okay. Noted, you know.
1: Right. And that had meaning. It yeah. has meaning. And this shutdown of communication between Friends, family members, and spouses is staggering. Now, my sister and her husband are still married. Ariana died 20 years ago in March, Mm. and she would have been 26 uh, in July. So, 27 in July. So, her death was so powerful in the lessons it offered us. And I would like to be honest and say, Every single lesson was so valuable that, and we absorbed them all. I remember when I finally had to get back on the plane and go to California, go home. I was talking to my brother-in-law and I, I fixed them up. I, I was the matchmaker for my sister. So I'm really attached to my brother-in-law He's the kindest man you'd ever want to
2: meet. He's
1: this, when you look up the soul of kindness, that's my brother-in-law. And I'm looking at the agony in his face, and I said, there's going to be a day when we are grateful for her sacrifice, her death, but it isn't today, but that day will come because then you will know why she died. And and he looked at me with this bewildered expression, and many, many times we have been privileged to know why she died and what what took place afterwards. So it was a it was a very big deal, and I crossed her over. It was very difficult. Mm-hmm. And her grandfather met her. I opened up this doorway, and she moved into the light. And her grandfather uh, got down on one knee, and just, it was the most fabulous embrace. And that is the warm hug my sister and her husband and my niece feel whenever they think about Ariana.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow. I'd love to hear
0: how you cross people over, what what your what your process is for it. And also how did you get into this work?
1: Well, it's not like you wake up one day and think, gee, I will be a ghost helper. Totally. I'm just gonna help the dead. <laughs> totally. It just doesn't work that way. It's like
0: I'm sure it found you somehow. Yes,
1: it's, yeah, it's like Somebody had another job for me. I just missed the memo for the application. (laughs) So I have been psychic all my life and I spent 20 years in the Navy. I retired at the commander level and most of my crews didn't know that I was psychic although a lot of them suspected it. I knew things that I shouldn't know when they walked in and sat down in front of me. So, And then after I retired from the Navy, I mean, it's like I became a ghost magnet. Everywhere I went, there was somebody there. And
2: Hmm.
1: I had a weird chain of events take place. And I learned what it's like to move them into the light because I didn't understand how that process worked. And I also didn't understand why all these mediums are talking to all these ghosts and no one is helping them. No one's helping them. See, there's gotta be a better way. And I learned how to do it. Again, it was a very complicated process, but I learned how to do it. And then I started crossing them over. I mean, then it was like a door. Somebody just opened the floodgates and they would come at me in droves. I had to learn how to manage that. It was very Hospitals were just really a, a really bad place to be for me. Hmm. Then I, and as I'm listening to the stories of the dead, what I'm finding is that everyone is grieving something. Well, the dead grieve their own death. There is the shock feeling. As an example, my, my brother who died was a, a contract negotiator for the Screen Actors Guild in Hollywood. And I got this frantic call one night and he said, oh my gosh, a friend of mine, she's a producer for Paramount. She was sideswiped when her car broke down and she died. And I can hear her because he was really psychic too. And he said, you have to cross her over. You, you just, you have to take care of it. I, I'm just so upset that she's died. Mm -hmm. I think she was in her forties. So I said, oh, okay, well, I'll take care of it. So I do something called remote viewing and I get an address and And I followed the link from my brother, from myself to my brother and my brother to the producer. There's a there's a very sophisticated metaphysical concept that goes with that, but we're all linked. Mm -hmm. And if you can follow the link, you can connect with that person. And I found her standing by the side of the road on thinking she was on her cell phone pacing, so upset that the police aren't answering her very much like the sixth sense. Why isn't somebody paying attention to me? Mm. And when I make contact, I look very bright to that dead person. And she said, look, you look like you can help. Look, I the, the police officer, he's just not talking to me. I need to get this car fixed because I need to talk to my husband and my cell phone doesn't work. I said, I'm so sorry to tell you, but you died. you see this ambulance over here? And on the ambulance, if you look in the window, there's your body. I'm so sorry to tell you that you didn't make it. And she looks at me and she says, oh, you've got to be kidding me. I cannot be dead you know i have a nail appointment tomorrow and a hairdresser's appointment on saturday and a birthday party on sunday and a huge meeting with paramount and all these other producers on next week i cannot be dead i said Mm -hmm. yes unfortunately you can be it's over there's no birthday party there's no meeting at paramount and i brought in this enormous angel to gently guide you into that light do you see the light And she is in such shock and denial, but when faced with a seven-foot angel and the embrace of this light, it it takes her breath away if she had breath, but she doesn't have breath, she's dead. Mm. And he gently guides her arm and crosses her into the light. And she's just, looking at him and she looks at me and then the scene is gone and that's it and then in 2012 I have been crossing people over for quite some time I was at a my cell phone broke and I was at a handbag store in a mall in San Diego I was waiting for my appointment at the apple store and so I went into this super expensive handbag store and I'm just looking around killing time and And I had just published my first ghost book because I have a a trilogy of ghost stories, books one, two, and three. And as I'm doing that, um, I I had a book card and I showed it to the manager. She was so kind. And she said, oh my gosh, this store is so haunted. You have got to help us. Can you clear the store? I said, sure. So I moved on some homeless men and, Three women who shopped till they dropped and then they just kept shopping and and the staff could see the the clothes move they could see handbags move they it was very very unnerving for them so i said let me know if how you're doing i gave her a card she called me the next day and she said that worked but you know i feel like we've got somebody new here (laughs) I said all right i'll clear that but i'm gonna write a prayer that you can use and will you be my beta tester? And she said, oh my gosh, I would love to be able to do that. I said, fantastic. So I sat down and I wrote the crossing over prayer and it doesn't matter what your faith is or isn't. It doesn't matter if you go to church. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist and you don't believe in anything. The prayer works because you're requesting assistance from the divine. And The prayer is free on ghosthelpers.com. It's also on tinairwin.com. There's the crossing over prayer book uh, that that looks like this. It's the crossing over prayer book. It's available on Amazon. It has prayers to cross over suicide, murder, children, mass casualties, uh, horrible accidents, plane crash victims. It's 88 prayers that cover a full range of drug, drug overdoses, A full range of of types of death but if you don't have any of those the crossing over prayer will work as a global universal prayer and so i gave her the prayer and she started beta testing it and every morning when she was the manager the manager would come in they'd say the prayer and they would clear the store and it was it was really pretty amazing but it didn't stop there because the manager was so thrilled with this prayer. She went home and every time her husband, who was a resident at Scripps Hospital came home, he'd be angry and grumpy and they would fight. And she talked to me about that. And I said, he's coming home with the dead. Just say the prayer when he walks in the door, go into another room, quietly say the prayer and get on with your evening. He wasn't grumpy or irritable anymore in the evenings after that. It was an astounding difference. Wow. And he became a believer because he and he and I actually were able to have a conversation. So I've had so many people who died. And they were so sad that they died. And then I have people who died who have no idea that they're dead. They're still on the battlefield. They're still at the accident site. They're still at the plane crash site. So I, I came about it, but I embraced I embraced the opportunity because this is the compassion every person on earth will want for themselves. Death is no respecter of position or place. Your soul is your soul is your soul.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And when death comes, there is confusion because very few people tell you, What is it you're supposed to do? It's not like there's a handbook they give you. Hmm. And and the hope with this is that, and I've had people use it over and over, is that it empowers family members to help someone who's died, especially suicide and murder. Because that person who took their own life is suffering on a powerful level. And when you cross them over, they don't linger around you and your other family members. That's why people think suicide is contagious, Mm -hmm. because the person who took their own life is always so sorry they did it. And they're trying to talk to you, but their frequency is now meshing with your frequency. When you cross them into the light, it's like fresh air comes into your home, Mm -hmm. because you can't differentiate between your grief and theirs. And that's a subtlety that most people would never think of. They don't know that their loved one is grieving and that they can't tell the difference between whose grief they're feeling. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons crossing someone over is incredibly important, especially children, because I hear parents say, well, I just want to keep my daughter with me. Mm. And I'm saying, but your daughter is alone on the other side. I'm sorry. I can see her this is your last job as her parent Mm. and it's time to step up and do the right thing here Mm. and I've done this with many a parent it's not easy but life life gives you opportunities it doesn't matter whether they're easy or not it's what is the final outcome and what is the greatest good in each moment Mm. It's sounds like I did a sermon I'm so sorry
0: (laughs) no I'm fascinated by what you're sharing. It's it feels like the you know about death doulas, it like who sort of help usher the the dead out of this life. It feels like you're like the person for the other side.
1: Well, I'm just somebody's field agent, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but, glamorous about it. You just do the work that they ask you to do.
0: But it feels so sacred because I mean I've I've never personally thought about the dead grieving themselves that they even have grief that there's someone who can help them and there's words that can help them go to a place where they can rest
1: it's huge it's huge it's it's so huge I will tell you that the reason my niece Ariana died is because she sends me children mm. who have died There's a mass casualty with children. And I'll say, how did you find me? They'll say, Ariana sent me. That has happened to me over and over. And of course, I immediately share this with my sister and brother-in-law. And I said, remember when I said, you will be grateful. You will appreciate this moment because of her sacrifice. She loved you. She misses you. But she's something else to do. And her life here was complete at six years old. And this is one of the hardest things in brief, that when someone dies at a certain age, we think they should have lived longer. They should have done more. It's unfair. But the truth is that their life was complete at the moment of death. And when you cross them over, you further this completion and you give them this element of love you cannot wrap your brain around when they feel this light embrace them Hmm. all of the pain disappears all of the trauma disappears all of the fear is gone there are people who will meet you who love you and then you can sit down with counselors of divine wisdom and they will go over the life just with Life just lived, not in judgment in any way, but in a way of honoring the life and all of the things you can take and learning from the life just lived. And there you can ask questions, you know, why did I have this difficult parent or this horrible boss? Why was I a, a math or music prodigy? Why? they will help you understand. The opportunity for knowing and learning is explosive when you cross over. You don't just sit on a cloud. The doorways of of wonder await every one of us. Hmm. How do you talk to
0: parents about that? Because that's a pretty hard pill to swallow that a, a child's time was over. So oh, I'd love to hear sort of how you counsel
1: people in that. I wrote the book, uh, the um, the Lightworker's Guide to Healing Grief, mm-hmm. and I wrote that after Ariana died because I knew her life was complete at six, and I learned a lot explaining this to my sister and her husband and and her their daughter Marissa. We don't all live to a hundred years, karmically. You can't talk about death and dying and living and loving without understanding the nature of karma in itself. That'd be another whole show. But sometimes a soul has a mission and it is to live maybe for a few brief moments. You die at birth. And the echo effect of your death is a karmic lesson for your family to grow, to heal, To learn from this. When you can understand that, then this person's passing, you have the ability to look at their passing with new eyes, with a fresh perspective. Yes, her life was complete at six years old. Betty White's life was complete at 99. She didn't need 100, she needed 99. That was it. And when that is done, you leave. And lamenting they should have or parents shouldn't live beyond their children doesn't work that way. Mm. You have the experience of a death and you have an experience of a life. Even though it feels like someone slicing your heart into a thousand pieces. And I know what that feels like. It is an opportunity to grow from it. And when you cross them over, you are empowered, because I hear if I hear I, I hear people every day say, "I'm so helpless." I feel so helpless. There's nothing I can do. You're not helpless. There are things you can do. I'll give you an example. I had a lady in uh, North Dakota contact me because her seventeen year old son took his own life. And she wanted to talk to me about the crossing over prayer. It's called the Compassion Prayer for Suicide. People who take their own life are deserving of enormous compassion and they are not punished. Let me assure you, they are not. I I hate that. They've never been punished. Yeah. And so she said, I use the crossing over prayer and I crossed him over myself and I can't begin to explain to you how meaningful that was for me. And I, I actually, I say that prayer every night and I can, I feel this gratitude come for me. And it's really helped my grieving process, but I want something more from you. I want you to write a prayer for me that I can use to say every night to help him in the heaven world. I'm a parent. I don't want to stop the connection, but i I respected he needed to cross over. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. And there is a prayer in the Crossing over prayer book for after the soul has crossed over what can you say that helps them in the heaven world mm-hmm. and that is also there's also a prayer very similar to that for a loved one who's murdered and i used to to speak to parents of murdered children yeah i was gonna have to that's a really tough group let me tell you
2: yeah yeah
1: and you don't ever want to say i know how you feel because you you don't ever want to know how they feel yeah there was a very interesting uh, moment when I, I spoke to them, one of the times I spoke to them. Uh, and I asked them, as hard as this question is for me to ask you, I want you to think about this honestly. Did your son because I there were everyone in the room lost a son, except one one dad lost a daughter. Did any of your children know they were going to die? Did they say or do anything that gave you the impression that they knew that death was coming? This goes back to their time on earth was complete at the moment of their death, even if our hearts are breaking. Mm -hmm. And I just waited for a moment. I just let the silence live there. And one by one, the hands went up. I was astonished. I would say 75% of the room, the hands went up. And I said, would you be comfortable sharing it? And they said, yes, my son told me three days before he died that if he died, this is how he wanted to be buried and this is what he wanted me to do with his things. And the other woman said, my husband was murdered in a drug, in a, a drug thing gone bad. And he told me that if he died, you know, because of how he was living that this is what he wanted to have happen. And, and and this was over and over and over. And I said, what I'm telling you doesn't make your grief any less, but understanding that these people knew death was coming and they were only going to be here a short time. They could feel it. They knew. They couldn't make it any easier for you. But their life was complete at the moment of death. And there was this feeling, it's just you could feel it sort of echo through the room as that concept began to sink in. Because no one ever brings this up. Mm-mm. Do people know that death is coming? Mm-hmm. And the answer is an astounding number of times they can feel it. Ariana had to have known something. She kept telling me there was somebody with her. And I removed you till I thought madness would sit in. And I wasn't allowed to see that she had a huge angel with her. So that at the moment of death, she wouldn't be alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, that I'm not sure I answered your question, but does that help?
0: Yeah, I'm thinking about how much, you know, most recently in Nashville, but just how many school shootings there have been in this country. yeah, just like just kind of letting letting that that fit in, like, How does this come into play when in that kind of death when it was completely random? And yeah, just would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Mass death, it could be from a train wreck, could be from a plane wreck, where you have a group death, where you'll lose an entire family where you have a classroom where this happens. Mm -hmm. We don't know why that person did what he or she did. We only know that we are now facing the aftermath of an event. And when we face that, everybody's grief is incredibly unique. And so every person's death is as unique as that personality. And when mass death is with children, children have no idea what to do at death. Some of them are still in the classroom, hiding and afraid. They don't know that they died. Hmm. If someone were to take the crossing over prayer and stand on the school grounds in the room and simply cross them over, it makes a huge difference because you have the predecessor energy of murder and a location. Mm-hmm. If you have crossed those souls into the light, the predecessor energy is less. It's kinder to the earth itself. It's There's a heaviness with battle scenes and graveyards. Mm-hmm. It's just a heaviness for the earth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's no easy answers for why these things take place. But they take place.
0: I can just imagine, like if everybody at at every school where that's happened to did the did the crossing of repair.
1: That person doesn't deserve to be crossed over. He should go right to hell. Mm. There's a problem with that because they come back from that hell. Where do you think they come from? They have to come from somewhere. And when you don't cross them into the light, they keep coming back as these horrible personality disorders or psychotic or paranoid schizophrenic or hearing voices tell them what to do. And let me tell you how important this is. I'm going to give you a really, really practical example. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I had a, a listener contact me from she was upper state New York somewhere. And her father was a convicted murderer who was executed by New York State. Mm. And he haunted her day and night. And his haunting was telling her to murder her four-year-old daughter day after day after day after day. What made it worse, horrific, was her four-year-old daughter was psychic. And she could see her grandfather and she could hear him oh my god we're talking some serious horror story here so she said can you do it for me and i said oh of course but that's not the point if you do this then you will have taken your power back from him you will have sent him to a place commensurate with his spiritual frequency because the karma of his actions isn't erased when you cross him over it's Mm. really important Mm. somebody's really really done horrible things it's not like crossing them over is this great reward crossing them over helps the living and uh, because they're not only haunting the living they're haunting any of the people that they murdered Mm -hmm. So when you cross over the murdered and the murderer, Mm -hmm. you are cleansing an astounding amount that helps the earth, that helps all of the families on every conceivable level. And I said, you're going to feel something when he isn't there anymore. And if this isn't successful, call me back. I will help you. Mm -hmm. She said, "Okay, I'll try it. So I waited a couple of days and I got a phone call, and she said, You're not going to believe this, but it worked. I could see this flash and he was gone. And then my daughter, who was sitting there watching this, said, Mommy, the bad man is gone now. She had validation and she took her power back from someone who had terrified her all her life. And even in his death, he was terrifying her. Hmm. This is the power of crossing someone over. So that he, I mean, these people reincarnate, they know that serial killers start out at the age of three or four mutilating animals and pulling the wings off insects and doing horrible things. Some parents are terrified of their Mm four-year-old. We know these things happen. But if that soul is crossed over, they might spend a very long time on the other side in the heaven world. And karmically where they reincarnate from and their reincarnation cycle will be very different. This time they may not be a murderer.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm really struck by throughout this conversation, you've used the word echo a lot, like the echoes of grief and the echoes of death. And to me, it feels like a really um, helpful word because that is very much how I think many of us experience grief and death, but it just keeps sort of reverberating. And I wondered if you could speak to that more, maybe in like a metaphysical sense.
2: The
1: echo of death. No one dies in a vacuum. There are many stories of police officers who have found a young girl. She was a Jane Doe. They never knew who she was or this was especially true of babies. And I think every police department and big cities have had this. And there was something about the energy of this death of this child that, that, that struck this hardened police officer, reduced him to tears, and he paid for that child's funeral and he would visit her grave. So she wasn't alone. It changed him. Her death had a purpose. So when you look at the echo of death and you look for the reason the person died, You learned something, your life changed. You had to grow up. You had to learn how to handle things you never dreamed you'd have to handle. You had to face your greatest fears. You had to change. You had to be different. The echo of death can be an understanding of the reason that person left you at this time. Another example. I had a client who was divorcing her her husband because he was a video game addict. And she was trying to understand her life. And we did several past life regressions. And in each past life, she took her own life. When this one person died, it was, I was struck by life after life. She just, I mean, he he died and man, she just took her life immediately. Hmm. And I said, do you know anyone like that in this life? And she said, there's no one. Six months later, she met him on an airplane, knew immediately who he was, and they were engaged. I mean, it was a super whirlwind, fast romance. She he, the love of lifetimes. She's so thrilled. They're engaged, and they're so happy, and she and I weren't working together anymore, and she had really gone to a whole new level, and then I I was watching TV, and I saw that there was a um, Marine Corps jet crashed in, outside of Yuma. And I knew that that was her fiance. I could feel that that he died. And I called her and I said, that was Nick, wasn't it? And she said, yes, it was. She didn't even ask me how I knew. And And I said, how are you doing? And she said, I'm grieving, but I understand I have to live past his death. And I have to understand and work through this. And I say, well, I'm standing by, but the fact that you now know this, Mm -hmm. you're conscious of the need to live a whole life because the echo of his death can help you or it can hurt you. You have to choose. I can't do that for you. A year later, I got an invitation to her wedding. Hmm. she married another marine pilot and i i called her and i said you know i'm i don't know anyone in your circle it's gonna be awkward if i go and she said yes but you have to come you're the only person on earth who will know the significance of this day on a spiritual karmic level for me i didn't leave when he died this time And maybe there will come a day we'll have a whole life, but it isn't today. And then I, I had lunch with her a couple months later and I said, how are you doing? And she said, I still miss him every day. I married a good man. I don't love him the same way, but I have a good life with him Mm. and I'm learning every day. So the echo of this man's death was her opportunity every day and she embraced it Mm -hmm. from a metaphysical sense she did the spiritual work to advance her soul evolution and it's a very powerful story because it's a success story it doesn't mean she doesn't miss him Mm -hmm. I mean her thinking of him may be a warm embrace which I'm hoping that it will be for her and when you think of someone who has died that you love, you got to be with them. Celebrate that. Mm. You got to love them with all of your heart. Celebrate that. You will see them again. You have my word. Mm. Wow.
0: What a beautiful message to for me to receive, for the listeners to receive. It feels very comforting.
1: Well, I would like to ask you, would you like me to read the prayer?
0: I would love that. Yeah, it would be beautiful.
1: Okay, here we go. This is the Crossing Over Prayer. Dearest Lord above, I humbly request that you take any and all souls who have found my divine light of service into the heaven world right now. I ask that an angel wrap each soul in a blanket of healing light right now. I pray that every single soul will use the light bridge provided by my angelic team to transition into the heaven world right now. I send love and healing to all souls, no matter how they died, no matter their level of guilt, without any judgment or prejudice whatsoever right now. May the light of your love, Father, embrace and keep all of these souls now and forever. Amen.
2: Beautiful. Thank you.
0: It just felt like a, a little reverberation, a little echo. A little echo, yes. <laughs> my body as you as you read that. Is there anything else that you would like to share about your work, your journey, or any honey on the heart that you can offer to anybody who might be listening?
1: I love what I do. Service to the living and the dead is an honor and a privilege. And when anyone chooses to step up, it takes a little courage sometimes, because some people are a little intimidated by the concept. Mm-hmm. But when you do, you grow. All the parts of you grow. And all the cells in your body are filled with the light of the divine. This will be the compassion you will want for yourself. And the prayer is free on ghosthelpers.com, as are several others. If you want an audio version, the Crossing Over Prayer book is an audio book, a Kindle book, and print on demand. And a lot of people who are intimidated by saying it, just pray it. Just play the, the audio book, and it takes care of it. There are also videos of me saying the prayer on ghost helpers. And for people with psychic children who hear and see the dead, this prayer is a godsend for you. You will teach your children the beauty and power of service. And for all of you listening who take this to heart, you have my sincerest gratitude. And Grace, thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful.
0: Thank you so much, Tina, for your time and your wisdom in your presence it's been a real joy and a real privilege talking to you
1: today thank you so much thank you
0: dear listener for going on this journey with me much gratitude to beautiful chorus and naomi westwater for the beautiful opening and closing music if you resonate with this podcast you can show your appreciation by leaving a generous review and by sharing it with your communities. You can also join my Grief Village community on Patreon, where we have twice-monthly Move Your Grief Circles, a monthly Q&A, and an ever-growing collection of meditations, practices, and other resources. Details to join, as well as more information about my work, are in the show notes. Thank you for your support. Until next time, have a soulful day.